Live from the 215, Wrestle Cave presents the Indies. I'm here with Pat with the facts and a very, very special guest. Um, I wanted to get this gentleman on here for over a year now. Uh, special guest, Dave Reed in the building. What's up, Dave? Clap it up for Dave. What's up? Yeah. What's up? Dave, three bucks. Yes, Dave, three bucks. Dave, three bucks. Dave, three bucks. Ooh, ooh. What's up, Dave? How you feeling, man? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Welcome to the cave, man. You see, I got the lights going on down here, man. You know, awesome down here. Thank you. I think I think Pete already welcomed you. I see. Yep. Yeah. He introduced me into the to the cave. Yeah, man, to the cave. All right, let's get into it, man. When did you become a, a fan of professional wrestling? Uh, been a fan ever since I was a, a kid. You know, um, my father he was a, a big fan of professional wrestling. So when I was born, he had me watch it with him, and Usually, like, the two wrestlers that caught my attention when I was younger was uh, The Ultimate Warrior and Sting. And it was, you know, the face paint, the physique. They look like real comic book characters, you yeah. know, real-life mm -hmm. comic book characters. So, uh, watching that, it caught my attention, and I've been hooked ever since. So, you're like a wrestling historian. Yeah, pretty basically. much. <laughs> so, you've been watching wrestling since, like, the 80s. Like, yeah. And then probably did your research, and you went farther than that. Yeah. So, tell me, before we get into your career, who's your favorite, like, wrestler of all time? All time, uh, there's uh, it's tough because uh, <laughs> it's actually it, it's time between two. There's uh, there's Sting and then there's Bret Hart. Mm. You know, but my favorite entertainer is the Ultimate Warrior. But yeah, I was about to say, I was thinking Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my favorite. Yeah, he's, he's one of my favorites. Uh, but it's, it's, it's really a Sting and Bret Hart, like wrestling wise, they the best. Right. So would you would you model your career basically after those influencers? Like how do you how do you come up with like your character, or and, and like what do you do? Like how did you is it like they say the uh, your character is supposed to be uh, part of you for it to be real? So like tell us tell us about your character uh, as far as what you do. Um, so the lucky one, the gimmick, the lucky one is uh is based off of eighties you know hills like Jimmy Garvin and. Hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert. So I go back and I watch a lot of their gimmick and what they did in the ring or coming out to the ring, and I try to use that into my character. And another thing that a lot of people don't know is that my dad was actually in wrestling as well. So my dad, he was a manager in the '90s throughout the tri-state area, and his name is Lucky Larry. Awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I kind of took you know his name, and then I took a little bit of his gimmick. And I took a little bit of Jimmy Garvin's and Eddie Gilbert's, and I just blended it all together. And that's how I came up with my gimmick. Awesome. How, how does your mom feel like that uh, with your wrestling career and everything like that? She's uh, she scared. She worried. Or? Yeah, she she's worried like any mother would. She's yeah. she was worried, and but uh, she's a big fan of wrestling as well. You know, she um, she like her favorite wrestler was Dusty Rhodes growing up. Like that was her favorite mm -hmm. wrestler. But um, you know, she thought it was too violent, but she she loved it. You know, at the same time and. She supported me getting into it, and same thing with my dad. He supported, you know. At first, they was like, "No, you shouldn't get in there." But once I was, I was like, "Look, I'm getting in here, whether you like it or not." Right, right, like, right, right. All right, so you better I, support this shit anyway. Yeah, <laughs> they was like, "All right," so, but they they support me 100. percent They they love it. Yeah. So, like, when did you start like your wrestling like career, and and what was the build up to it? Like, did you like work out before you actually got? into it or did you think like all right well let me start the training all in one and get in shape that way how, how did that go i started working out before wrestling um because i always had in my mind i always wanted to be a wrestler so i started working out and and then one of my dad friends he was um 
he was looking for a referee and I was like, hey, listen, you know, is there any way I can be a referee, you know, for your company? And he said, yeah, sure. So I went to training for, you know, become a referee and wow. And the next thing he said, you know, you're too big to be a referee. So they were like, <laughs> you should really look into becoming a wrestler. And I was like, I don't know. I don't think I had the size for it. They were like, no, you'll be fine. Just, you know, you should really look into becoming a wrestler. And I was like, ah, you know what? Fine. So this was 2015. So, um, so I, I said, you know what, fine, I'll go in there for training. So then I started training and I'm like, and I started liking it even more. And, and, uh, my head started spinning because a lot of people don't realize that, you know, there's so much that goes into wrestling, even the beginning of the match. And it, it's so much, it makes your head spin. He's just like, wait, I right. didn't know all this went down to wrestling, but right. You know, so it was tough, but, um, so going through training, it was tough with that. And, but you know, 2015, I started, and I had my first match in 2016. In April 2016, I had my first match. Were you nervous? Oh, my gosh. Ner <laughs> I was shaking before I went out there, and everybody said, here's the thing. If you're um, if you're shaking and you're nervous before you go out there, you're in the right business. If you're not shaking, you're not nervous, you're not worried, you're in the wrong business. So I was back there behind the curtain shaking, and... What was, that, what was that feeling? It was like in the pit of your gut. It was in your stomach. It, it, yeah, I felt like I wanted to throw up, and I was like, <laughs> oh, man, I'm gonna mess up, and I'm gonna go out here. I'm not gonna know what to do. And right, so in training, like, what were you doing? Just the just the lockups, and like you just running the ropes. Like, well, explain explain us how how the training went. Training first thing they teach you in training is taking bumps. You gotta learn how to take the back bumps. How does that feel? Uh, the first time I took it, it was like all the wind gets knocked out of your body. Dang. You, know, you, you don't expect it, so. All the wind gets knocked out of your body, and you're just laying there, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And then they have you do it again and again, and they teach you how to, you know, how to land properly, because a lot of people, they'll land wrong and hurt themselves. So there's, you you definitely have to learn how to, you know, land on your back properly. And actually, it, it helps you out, not even just in wrestling, but in real life. You know, you slip and fall, and you fall the correct way, you know, it actually will help you out. Now, how long did it take you? Uh, to learn how to fall the correct way. Well, here's the um, here's the thing. I was watching Tough Enough, right. the the first uh, season of Tough Enough, and they were showing on there how to how to take the bumps and everything. So I was on the network watching it, and I was like, oh, okay, now that's how you take a bump. So I went and trained, and I started taking it. I was like, hey, you catch it on right away. So it took like it took like maybe one day for me to really get used to taking mm -hmm. bumps. And what was what was the what was the next process after that? The actual bumps. Um, after that, then they teach you to flip bumps. They teach you, um, which I thought was a little, um, I think a lot of people messes up on the flip bumps. It's, mm -hmm. it's tough because you had that mentality that you feel like you're going to, you're going to fall on your head. Right. And they say, no, no, you're fine. You know, just tuck your head and flip over. Right. And a lot of people, you know, they just, they'll flip, but they'll turn to their side. It just, you know, it's natural that your body would do that. But, uh. After a while, the more you keep doing it, the more you get comfortable. You say, oh, okay. And then you start flipping correctly. And then after you, you know, you got the bumps down packed, then you go into the wrestling. So then you start teaching you holds, you know, and the basic steps. Like, the first thing you usually teach you is lock up. And, and when you get in the lock up, like, well, well, how do you, because you know when you get in the lock up, people maneuver. They twist, they turn, yeah. they fill you out. Like, how do you get to that point? Or do you, in, in, in the sense of the point of, like, 
because you got to call these spots. You got to call these matches. And we're, we're going to get into that, but I just want to still paint the picture for everybody listening. Uh, shout out to everybody tuning in right now. Dave Reed in the building, Pat with the motherfucking facts. Uh, we live <laughs> from the cave. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited. I've been waiting for this fucking moment for a very, very long time. Shout out to Pat once again for making this shit happen. Um, but yeah, so when, you, when you're learning and you're in the lockups, like, how do you, how, how do they teach you from there? Like, how to transition correctly? It's all about your uh, your foot movement. You got you know, place your arms correctly on the guy because it's it's called a collar and elbow mm-hmm. uh, lockup. Right. So a lot of people they they'll go they'll you know lock up on your back or they'll grab your wrist, but you know it's, it's all it's always called a collar and elbow. So you always want to grab the collar and the elbow, and you know you want to lock up with that guy, and then they teach you the footsteps with it because there's footsteps. You got to both of y'all got to be on the same page when you locking up. So you gotta figure out how to time your your setting with that. Then they teach you to you know pull the guy into it for a headlock, and and then you go from there. And then you get, they teach you how to do a headlock properly. And there's a million different ways how to do a a, a headlock on right. somebody. And you know it's all your preference of what you want to do, but there's a million ways to do a headlock. And and so. and like, how do you stay on the same page as far as the person that you're you're in lockup with, or or as far as the match is concerned? You just gotta find it. It's, it's almost like dancing. Mm-hmm. It's like you know you got a partner and y'all just dancing, and you just gotta find that that pace. You go, both of y'all gotta find that middle ground to to um to meet each other and, and just be on the same page. And sometimes it'll, it'll be hard at first, sometimes, but then you gotta just you know both of y'all just gotta find that you know take your time and just find find your rhythm. And how much thought process is? It- are you more so focused on what you're doing or are you more so focused on the actual crowd re- response or is it like a balance of things like when you're building? Yeah, it's, um, it's a balance. Mm-hmm. So you focus on what you're doing, but they also listen to the crowd or you might, you know, look into the crowd and see what's going on. So you also, you, you want to, you know, pay attention to the crowd, but also focus on what's next or what you get ready to do. Yeah. yeah. So like, all right, so you went, so when training starts off, you basically take bumps. Once you get past the bumps, you basically learn how to tie up, correct? Yep. What's the next step after that? Um, usually, you can go for the headlock um, or you go for another move. Usually, you go for the arm. You know, you can work an arm move out of that, like the arm bar or a wrist lock. So, it, it depends on whatever you want to do. But usually, the basic thing that everybody likes to do is to uh, lock up into a headlock and then, you know, you could shoot somebody off on the ropes. And that's another thing. You know, you learn how to shoot somebody off the ropes mm-hmm. and time it. And from there, as you see a lot of times, it could be a shuttle tackle. Uh, you learn how to do the drop down, leapfrog, and then you go from there. And usually you'll see, like, somebody, some guys might do a hip toss. They might go for arm drag or, you know, you can come up with whatever you want, you know, from right. there. And is that basically after those simple movements, or not simple, but basically everybody starts off the match like that, filling out, and the pace is like that's where – like we, I guess this is starting the match is starting. After that, is that where like the story picks up? Because a lot of people don't pay attention to like the story is based on like it's not just moves; it's the shit that happens in between the actual exactly, moves. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like the psychology part. Uh, when when in training does the psychology part play a part, and where, like where does it come in? At? Usually, you you learn it on your own. Mm-hmm. You pick it up. Um, it's all about being creative when you go out there, like right. being a hill. I find it being a hill is so easy because you go out there, you can do whatever you want. 
Yeah. If I don't want you know, if I don't want to lock up with the guy, usually if I'll do, I'll duck under them or I'll you know stop and back up, and and the crowd would hate that and start booing. And then the crowd started getting into it, and then they're like, now they're like, oh, okay, now he's the bad guy, he's the asshole. We gotta start booing him now, you know, because he don't want to wrestle. Right. And I mean, as a bad guy, you can you pretty much go out there and say, look, you know, take your time and go and jaw jack with the crowd, and you know, so you can do whatever you want, pretty much as a bad guy, and that's what I like about it. Now, now, how many companies do you wrestle for? Because I know you wrestle for a few. Like you, that's why <laughs> you you definitely you definitely work. You definitely put the work in. Um, is it is different companies different? Like how how is the creative standpoint? How much creative do they allow you to have? As far as like when you're in these different companies. Yeah, throughout the last year, I've wrestled for a lot of companies. Um, uh, DCW out in Delaware. Um, wrestled for AXW out in Hamburg, PA, where the old WWE uh, used to do their tapings at back in the 80s and 90s. Um, also in Jersey, I wrestled for UWC, uh, Capital Wrestling. Um, I know I'm probably missing a few other ones out there, but uh, I've wrestled for Dojo Wars you know, a couple times. So there's, there's a lot of wrestling that I've been at for the past year. and um, But for the most part, a lot of them, they, you know, you can be creative, especially out in the ring. They, they they love when the fans is interacting with the wrestlers and they want you to get the fans involved. So any way you can to get the fans involved and be able to tell a story and, you know, just keep the fans hooked throughout the match, that's all they're really concerned about. Right. And every and I guess every story and every match is, is basically different. Now, do you normally pull aside like your opponent? Like how who how do you know like the how do you determine what the fall is going to be and how do you actually call that match? So, like, if you and I or if you and Pat was having a match, like, all right, how do you remember these things? Do you remember them off the top of your head or is these... I'm, I'm sorry, I might be asking too many fucking questions, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, here's the, here's the funny thing about that. Um, a lot of... It, it's For me, it's hard. I can't call I can't call a match that well because I'll... Oh, yeah, I'll call a match and then get out there and I'm like, crap, what did I call out there in the, in the locker room? Or, <laughs> so usually what I like to do, which is kind of hard, is uh, I call it on the fly mm-hmm. for the most part. I'll say, hey, we'll just listen to the crowd and go out there and just see what they uh, see what they want. And I remember when I first, um, one of the wrestlers I wrestled is a veteran, Mr. Ulala. He actually taught me to just go out there and just, you know, listen to the crowd. And I remember we was trying to call a match. He said, Oh, we're not gonna call it. We'll just go out there and just, you know, play by the crowds here. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I was yeah. still young in the business, so I'm like, wait, I don't know how to, you know, make up stuff on the fly. And he was like, oh, you'll learn. And I learned, and it was easy. And I'm like, oh, this is a lot better, you know, than trying to memorize so many moves and spots. And but there's um there's a lot of guys out there who will call spots in the match or in a, in the locker room. <laughs> Pete, Pete's yeah, drawing. Pete, yeah. Pete, Pete don't give a fuck if, it, if it's the <laughs> Indies, if it's Wrestle Cave, he he's just gonna do what he wants to do. He's making his presence felt yeah, today. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of wrestlers they'll call spots out there. I've heard wrestlers call a million spots, and I'm like, how the work you memorize that? Like I'll be stuck off the you know the first spot. I'm like, wait, what are we supposed to do again? But it's people who's comfortable who can do that. There's other ones who be like, we'll just go out there and just you know do whatever, or um. You go out there and you know y'all doing stuff, and halfway through you're like, you know what, we're gonna switch it up and do something else. And so it's it's hard, but at the same time, it's not right. So like, if someone is doing their signature move, like I'm sure, like like you do, like don't you 
one of your signature moves I've seen um, is the spine buster. Am I correct about yes. that? Yes. That means I did my homework. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pat. I came prepared, Pat. He came prepared. I don't have any notes on it right now, but it's in my mind. It's in my mind. I envisioned this thing a long time ago. But yeah, so like, so when you're going into the setup, and if you're calling it from the fly, um, I guess they just know. Do they know it's coming, or do they, or they just know something is coming? Is Some, it, they, usually, they know something is coming. Or, um, like for example, I'll would think out the ropes, and if I feel like I'm gonna, you know, do a spine buster, I'll, you know, hey, go, I'm going for the spine buster. Okay. <laughs> right, right, right. So you try yeah. to do it to where it's like you're not actually being heard. It's just more so like a body language type. Yeah. Thing. So you kind of like got to read. Now, do you do y'all come up with the finish, or you be like, all right, this person is going is going over. That's the only thing that you know, and then you go out there that particular way. Yeah, most um most companies out there will say, hey, look, this is who's going over, and then you just come up with your match from there. There's other companies they'll say, hey, you know, uh, this is what we want in your match. We want you to do this to set up for this spot or set up for this finish. So it, you know, it depends on the company. Right now, how is it, how important is it? To have gold, like, and I ask this question because if you look at WWE, I'm gonna use Finn Balor for instance. Finn Balor was a Universal Champion for you know 24 hours and never been a champion ever again. To me, he's dead. You know, he's just there. You know what I mean? He's just a he's just a part of the show. I think Braun just use him as a tool to do whatever the fuck he wants, throw him over the ring yeah. to hit somebody else, and he comes out there and he's smiling and he's excited. Obviously, he's still getting paid. He's still a superstar, whatever the case may be. How important is holding the championship gold um, in these different companies? Um, I mean, I think it's important to have the gold in the, in the company. That means you're right there at the top and you're there to represent the company. So I think it's always great to have gold. Um, all, but at the same time, I think if you know how to, you know, get the, you know, get yourself over without the belt, I think that's great as well. Like, uh -huh. I mean, it depends. Some wrestlers don't need the belt to yeah. get over or, you know, become popular. Now, as far as your character, when you're in the ring, what kind of wrestler are you? Are you the wrestler that, uh, just organically gets over or are you the wrestler that feels as though your character needs a title because you're that hill and you're arrogant and cocky? Which which one do you think you fall up to? I feel like my character just organically gets over. Mm -hmm. It's just, especially like when I'm working as a hill, I just got this way of getting, you know, interacting with the crowd and getting under their skin and pissing them off and, and they love it, you know, and they want to see me get beat up and, you know, when a good guy is coming in there he's beating me up, the crowd goes berserk, so... They they love it and and I love it too. You know, as oh. long as they they're involved and they're not sitting there falling asleep, yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. Absolutely. Now, um, you you talked about earlier when you're being nervous as far as uh your first match is concerned. So, uh, tell me, like, what what was that day like? That entire day like? Uh, it's and it seemed like it was real. So I remember the whole morning. Um. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, this is not happening. I'm actually becoming a wrestler. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the locker room for the first time, and I'm sitting back, and I'm putting my gear on. I'm looking at all the other guys in there, and I'm just nervous. And I'm like, I got to wrestle next. And they actually had me in a dark match. And I remember I was the first match of that dark match. I was the first match of the show. And I'm just nervous. And I was the first one to go out there. And like I said, I was shaking and nervous. And they was like, you'll be fine when you go out there. And they played my music, and... And actually, they pulled a rib on me. So they called me something totally different. I forgot what name they called me, but they, they called me a different name. And I'm laughing. I'm like, all right. As soon as I go out there, it's like you hear white sounds. You don't see nobody out there. You don't see the fans. You just focus on the ring. 
And I'm walking out there and I didn't say nothing to the crowd because I didn't really know how to interact with them at that time. And I'm sitting up there and um and I don't hear the crowd or nothing. It's just white noise. And I'm wrestling and before I know it, the match was over. And I'm like, happy, you know. And yeah, you just you're so nervous, you just it's just become a blur to you after that. And after that first match, it was everybody went to the locker room and everybody congratulated me on a match and and I felt I felt comfortable after that. I said, okay, I got through that, got out my system, and then, you know, just went from there. But it was it was the nerve wracking day though. So when you hit that first lockup, was that was it was some of that was some of that nervousness gone? It was like more so calm or it was a little I was a little calmer, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I was more like, oh, I'm gonna forget what I'm supposed to do, or I'm gonna forget uh what I'm supposed to do next, and I'm like, uh, what do I do after this? But I had a veteran in there, and he just he helped me throughout the match, and you know, guided mm -hmm. me, and I'm like, all right, good. Did you did you get hurt? Did you like did one of those chops or punches or one of those moves hurt you? One of those bumps was like, oh shit. Yeah, the bumps did hurt that first <laughs> match because uh, <laughs> I hit my head on the mat. And he I think he gave me a, a power slam, and I hit my head on the mat. And I'm just like ah, you know, I had a headache after that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the couple of punches, it was I was like you know. Holding my jaw, it was sore. Right. But other than that, I mean, I was fine. I wasn't nothing too serious at that, you know, for that match. Now, have you ever been injured in, in, in any of these matches or had any type of injury? Um, well, I had knee surgery. And it was due to a lot of wear and tear. So I had knee surgery early in my career. Um, so I had to get my patella tendon repaired. Mm -hmm. uh, but other than that, as far as injuries, I had bruised sternum. Um, I injured my jaw. Had bloody lip, a uh, bloody nose. I had just a stiff shot. Stiff shots. I had. Oh man, you know. Now, now, now people. Now, what do you what do you have to say to all those people that think wrestling is real? I mean, I'm sorry, they think wrestling <laughs> is is fake. If they think it's real, hey, I, I'm glad they think that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I want them <laughs> to believe that. No, uh, for the ones who think it's fake, and I hear that a lot, they're like, uh, wrestling is fake. It has to be the punches. They don't look real. I'm like, no, they're real. Trust me, <laughs> you, you get punched and you get chopped. You can't fake that. Right. You know, one thing uh, DDP said before. He said you can't fake gravity. You right. Know? It is trust me, you'll get hurt in there. Um, but we don't go in there to try to injure people. We go in there, you know, we hurt you, but we don't try to injure you. Right. So you know, there's been times where, like I said, I've been chopped and I had handprints on my chest for a couple of days. Um, Damn. Yeah, I, I got punched in the face and. And I I got clothesline at one one um on one match I got clothesline and I thought my jaw was dislocated. Damn. And you had to keep going. To yeah, match. just keep going. I mean, just the adrenaline is, is kicks in and. So tell me, when the first time you ever seen blood in a match, were you like, oh shit, I'm bleeding? But oh, I gotta call the spot. Or I gotta do the next spot. I gotta keep it going. Yeah, and it's funny. A couple <laughs> months, like a month or two ago, I was wrestling and I got punched in the mouth, but I didn't feel that I got punched in the mouth. And so I saw the kids was yelling like, you're you're bleeding, you're bleeding. And I'm like, wait, what? And I grab my and I wipe my mouth and I had all this blood on my hand. I said, oh, nice, okay. <laughs> and I says, all right, we're just gonna keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, Did you need stitches or whatever? No, no, it was no, it was fine. It was fine. It wasn't. It wasn't too bad. So, so the guy was like, oh man, my, my bad about that. Oh, yeah, usually there. you know you, you apologize, <laughs> you shake hands, say, hey, look, I'm sorry about that, not yeah. a problem. So where so where did you get your right, so where where did you get your theme music from? Like what what, what was that? How was picking that? <laughs> um. I came out to a couple theme songs, but um, the one song I came out to was uh, Jimmy Garvin used to come out to Sharp Dressed Man by ZZ Top. So that was one of the themes I was using back in the day was that because he used it and that was part of his gimmick. And the other one I've been using recently is um, Hot Stuff by Donna Summer. 
And I got that from Eddie Gilbert as well, because you know he used to come out to that. <laughs> so I come out to those. I usually come out to the, either those two songs, or I flip to another song, or uh, another one I use now um, is Smooth Operator. <laughs> That's fire. <laughs> yeah, I use that. So a lot of fans actually like that one more. So I've been using that a lot. Uh huh. So when you so when you hear it, like how do you come out? You just come out as as a smooth operator. Or? I come out this cocky smooth operator gimmick. Just I'm real smooth and. Are you, are you still doing the suits? Are you just still doing that? No, actually, I got away from the suits. It, it, it took too long to take off um, <laughs> with a bell rung. But, but that but that'd probably be perfect when it, you're a heel, it right? Is. It, it is. <laughs> and, and, and I had a lot of us to say, no, keep that. It's great. You know, take your time. And I actually had the Markout Club. Man. Shout out to the Markout Club. Yeah, shout out to Markout Club. They used to uh, scream out the shows, take your time. Right. So, <laughs> and, and I haven't, since they not there um, usually a lot, so I haven't been wearing the suits, but I haven't retired the suits. I'll bring them out every now and then. But um, usually I'll, I'll wear, like, I got a satin jacket that I wear, or I'll come out with my t-shirt and promote the shirt, you know, to the crowd. That's awesome, man. <laughs> now, where can, where can we get some of your merch? Because I definitely would, would need some merch. I definitely need some of that. I ha- Actually, I have the merch myself. If, if fans want to hit me up on Facebook, just let me know. There's also, I have a website. Um, I don't remember the website because it's in my email address, but uh, I'm going to e- post the website up on my Facebook page and so fans can go and buy the shirts off of there as well. Awesome. Awesome. Now, um, what was your, we talked about your first match. Let's talk about what was your worst match you ever had? Worst match. And, uh, and you don't have to say their name, but just break down like how that match went. <laughs> Let's see. Worst match I ever had. Um... Let's see. I had a I had a I had a horrible match. Um I would say it's probably like beginning of the year. I had a horrible match and it was a tag team match and it just it just became a clusterfuck after a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it just it, it went on too long and it just it just got out of hand and just everybody just started doing whatever they wanted to do in the match and <laughs> it just got to the point it, just, it wasn't making sense and I was like you know hey we gotta end this match now and people they, just, they still wanted to continue the match I'm like were the, uh, people, were the people out of it? yeah after a while people was really into the match and then it just it just because it went on so long and then it just wasn't making no sense after a while it just the fans started getting tired of it I'm like alright this match gotta end right right and right the wrestlers wanted to keep going I'm just like ah <laughs> So, th- so do you have time limits or time restraints? When a lot of times, yeah. Usually we have, um, it depends on the match, but uh, usually the title matches get a lot longer, you know, time limit. But yeah, we have time limits on the match. Usually most matches be maybe 10, 15 minutes. Now, are the refs, the refs keeping count, uh, keeping track of the count? Or yeah. Are they involved? And do the, do, now, do the refs know what's going on or are they just counting? Usually these just count. Oh shit! So it's just news <laughs> so, to them. So yeah. if you don't kick the fuck out, it's you like, oh, hey, that's hey, it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Has it ever been in a situation where you know somebody like um, we're supposed to go over, but they uh, absolutely uh, they? I'm sorry, they um, basically took the move. Was supposed to kick out. Probably got dazed and didn't. And actually lost. I haven't seen like it, that? but i no, I did see it. Yeah, this I, I saw it in a, in a women's match, and. They, it wasn't supposed to end right away. It wasn't supposed to end at a particular spot, and the girls just forgot to kick out, and and the match was, the match was over. <laughs> she was like, "Wait, oh, I forgot, I forgot, I wasn't supposed to kick out." But you know, it, it happens. It, it will happen a lot in wrestling. Now, so that was your worst. What was your best match you feel like yet? My best match. Um, I actually had two good. I uh, had two best matches. One was a tag team match I had. 
Um, actually, this was my rookie year. So I had a tag team match, and this is the first time I worked as a good guy. And I never worked as a good guy before, but I went out there, and the crowd ate it up. The crowd loved it. They was really into me working as a good guy, and, and we won the match. But it was, it was that was a good match. And then another one I had was um, uh, last September. I had a one-on-one match with uh, – Actually, I say his name, Josh Josh Adams. Had a great match with him at ECWA. And, you know, the crowd was really into the match, too. So that was one of my favorite matches I had with him. And what made it, like, was everything clicking that particular night? Or, like, the spots was on point, the crowd was hot? like All of that. The crowd was really into it. The, um, the, we was just both on, on the same page. It, the match, it was just smooth and everything. It, it was awesome. And, like... Now, when you have those type of good matches, do the people in the back they say they give you kudos when you have good matches, and they shit on you when you have bad matches? Like, how how does that work? Um, usually, yeah, when you have a great match, you know, we walk through the curtain door, congratulate you, you know, shake your hand, tell you awesome job. Even if you have a bad match, what I also like is that they'll they'll shake your hand. Hey, it was a good match, and they'll you know, and a lot of they'll critique you. Yeah, they'll critique you for these. Hey, you know, this you should have did this during the match, or hey, I would have did it this way, you know. So they always give you advice on what to do. Mm-hmm. So that's so that's the good thing I like about you know talking to the veterans. Right now, how's the locker room like back there? How, is it is it is it a nice environment or because you know you hear all types of stories, different locker rooms. It, yeah, is different companies different like, when it comes to the locker room. And, a lot and of companies that I've been in, um, locker rooms is great. We all it's like we're all family. We go in there, we talk and we laugh and you know we'll go over you know we we'll ask for you know veterans for advice or you know. Ask them, hey, can you watch our match and, you know, tell us what, what you what we need to work on? They're like, yeah, sure, definitely. And they'll watch your match and give you advice on what you need to do. And so that's, the locker room is great. We're all like family back there. And we talk and just, we try to have fun and just make each other at ease, you know, throughout the show. Awesome, man. Now I have, a, I have another question for you. If you had the opportunity to do, um, which one would you do um, or feel like is best for your career? Would you go to NXT or would you be a young lion in New Japan? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. Because, <laughs> you know, with, the, with being a young lion, you know, you, you learn, you know, New Japan, but then they send you out. Once you, you know, you pretty much graduate, you go out and then you try to find yourself out there in the world. Um, I think NXT is the same way in a sense because you're there, but you're trying to find yourself in that one area, mm-hmm. you know, so... Um, I think because it's closer, I'll probably do NXT. Mm-hmm. You got so many great guys there, you know, training, giving out advice. And, you know, you got Triple H, you got Shawn Michaels, you got Steve Carino. You got a lot of other uh, trainers there, um, mm-hmm. like Scotty Tuhati and all of them. They're there to help you out. And, you know, Terry, Terry. Yeah, 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 Terry Teller. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's another great one. So you got so many great guys out, mm-hmm. you know, up there that's giving you and they've been in Japan as well, so yeah. they know what it's like out there, and they can give you all the advice, you know, from what they've learned, you know, from around the world, and try to give it to you, and you, you know, and help train you, you know. As a as a wrestler, um, and because in, in in normal life we always say, oh, you know, I have a five year plan. What is your five year plan for your career? Um, definitely five years. I want to definitely try to get to WWE. I think that's I think that's like the ultimate goal is just getting there. And um, definitely want to win more titles. I want to be more well known throughout, not only in the um, in the tri-state area, but I want to expand to uh, more of the east, the east part of America, and 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 I want to go across uh, to the west coast, and 
hopefully maybe do some overseas tours. I want to definitely go to Japan and make my name known down there and, and even in, in, in England and just, you know, go around and just make my name as popular as, you know, and let's get out there. You know? Right. How many, how many um, titles and what titles have you, have you won so far? Zero, <laughs> but you know, but it's fine though. Cause um, I've learned that I don't need a title right now to, to get over or to make my, myself known. You know, mm-hmm. I, I could do that. I get the crowd, you know, into my matches and into my character. So I think right now um, I would love to have titles. I, I would love to have title shots and, and, you know, show them, Hey, look, if you give me opportunity, this is what I can do. And, you know, but right now I'm, I'm happy what I'm doing. I'm still building up my character and building up my mm-hmm. career. Yeah, because you definitely, I definitely uh, paid attention to a lot of stuff that you've been doing, and I definitely see that you keep your schedule um, busy as possible and keep your face um, in the media as possible as well. Um, that's really, really good. Um, how do you feel about uh, social media now? As far as like how how good is that helping your career? As far as the social media aspect of everything and everything being so digital, I think is I think social media is a lot better now when it comes to you know getting your name out there as the compared to what it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Cause now you, you you got more access to getting around, you know, other places and, and making yourself known without actually, you know, wrestling. So people can actually, you know, go on Facebook or go on YouTube now and look up, you know, Dave Reed or look up other wrestlers. And that's how I found out about a lot of wrestlers. I'm like, oh, I'll, you know, as 20 years ago, you had to do, you know, trade uh, tape trading to, you know, find out, you know, find matches on this guy here. But now you can just easily go on YouTube and look it up, and um, you can actually promote yourself a lot better now than you could then. So now what I try to do is uh, I try. Well, I'm into working on doing more videos, you know, for matches, and and you know I try to you know play off of that and, and, and uploading more pictures and stuff, you know, get for my opponents and myself, and and also uh, I get to connect with a lot of other wrestlers, like I said, from around the world. That's awesome, man. That's awesome, Pat. You good over there, Pat? Since you, yeah. since you're the reason that this man is here right now, locking the deal. Did you have any questions that you wanted to ask Dave before we wrap this episode up? Which has been fucking amazing. Ace already kind of asked. It once, <laughs> yeah, I probably but I asked asked it in another way. Uh, so you hear your phone ringing, and you look, and it's the two hundred three area code. How do you react? <laughs> oh, yeah yeah that is that is that's that's a definitely a good good question pat um uh i'll probably be nervous to pick it up um i'll be nervous <laughs> that'll be a nervous wreck but i'll pick it up and try to and just hope for the best with that phone call you know hopefully yeah. that phone call will happen one day I'm, I'm hoping i'm sure it will i'm sure it definitely will and um it, it, it's it's great to see um someone chasing their dream so um from from man to man um not even like from host to wrestler i respect you for doing uh what you want to do and doing what you love to do because it takes a lot a lot of people would love to live their dream um but you're actually doing that so it never really feels like work when you're living your dream so even if you're taking bumps and your neck is hurt and you got to get you know rubbed down the next day or you got to get your knee done or you know you're building these relationships you got to work on this promo you got to go here to this territory because you said you were in delaware and then you're over here uh in philadelphia you're over there in jersey and and traveling all on your own um it takes a lot, so I just want to say that I respect you and I appreciate you being here today Thank you. Uh, with us, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, it's, it's, I'm not just doing it for myself. I'm doing it for a lot of people who, you know, who haven't had a chance to go out there and, 
and live the dream. There's a lot of, you know, fans out there who want to be a wrestler and, you know, it's just either don't have the opportunity or they're just too busy. So I'm just not doing it for me. I'm doing it for them as well. And I'm just trying to just live it through them, you know, and hopefully, you know, everybody can just enjoy what I'm doing. You know? Absolutely. Now, tell everybody once again where they can follow you at and where they can find all your work and everything that you're doing. Right now, you can follow me on Facebook at Dave Reed. You'll see my pretty face on there. <laughs> um, <laughs> you'll see, yeah, you'll see me on there at Dave Reed. Um, also, too, um, look up a lot of my matches. You can look them up on YouTube. Just type in Dave Reed or Dave Reed, the lucky one, or you can type in uh, Dave Reed versus, and you know, that's a, a lot of easy ways to find me on there. So those are two things I'm working on, uh, building up my Twitter account. So when I get that, I'll put it on Facebook and, and you know, let everybody know to follow me on there as well. Awesome, man. Listen, this is episode two, the Indies. That is Dave Reed, Pat with the facts. I am Ace Porter. We are out of here. See you. Peace.